Okay, let's see. Uh, spa day. Artistic expressions. Ooh, adventuring in the Swiss Alps. Fine Italian dining. And uh, workaholism. Yeah, yep, that just about covers today's podcast here on the Isle of Misfits. And if any of these things resonate with you, here's what I say. Keep listening. Well, folks, we're on a streak here on the Isle of Misfits with the name dropping because once again, I'm here to tell you that today's guest is not just someone you need to know, but someone I already know. And yes, that makes me feel important. But enough about me. Let me tell you a little bit about Is Holiday. Yes, that's her real name. She's a missionary, but not just any missionary. Who <laughs> knew? No, she's a hairstylist, a makeup artist, spa-owning, people-loving, adventure-craving missionary. And I am glad to call her my friend. So welcome to the Isle Is Holiday. <laughs> Oh, you, oh. oh, I love what an amazing introduction. I feel so important, and I'm not really living up. I, I'm sure that I don't really live up to that kind of introduction because that was awesome. Oh, it's so cool. It's all true. And, now, and, and actually, what I really love is I was actually going to make you do that because I need to back up that beautiful <laughs> song that you just sang to me. So, all right, so what, what our listeners need to understand is that you and I have had this traditional greeting that I don't know how far it goes back. I think even before I was married, because it used to be my maiden name. Um, and you feel free to sing that one, too, because um, it's been a while. So, um, yeah, I was going to make you do it. So let's do it again, because I didn't do my part. Carmichael, at this point, it's only like Nancy Carmichael. It's holiday. And sometimes we sustain it and harmonize, and it's just really a beautiful moment. So <laughs> thank you all. I think, Nance, I think that goes all the way back to the beginning of our friendship. I don't know how or why it started, but... Um, yeah, and, and who knows? And why? Why ask why? Yeah. You know, yeah. although we're going to ask that question later. You're a singer, because <laughs> you've always been a singer. And you're always singing, and you know every lyric to every song ever written through history, and always... I do know every lyric to every useless song out there, which has made me um, the marketable person I am today. So, yes. So, so yes. Yeah. So, all right. Now that we've established that, so what, what we need to do now is move on to the, very, the next very important segment, um, which uh, I know you've listened to several of my podcasts, so you know what's coming up. Because I, mm -hmm. I also gave you a heads up because that's just the kind of thoughtful mm -hmm. person I am. So you know that it's time to play okay. a stupid I'm game. Ready. Okay, you ready for the stupid game? I'm okay. ready for the stupid game. All right, I've, I've named this stupid game after you because it's your stupid game. Uh, I've named this game, It's a Jolly Holiday with Iz. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Iz. Yes. I'm not going to make you sing it. I was going to make Candace Payne sing her stupid game. Not that, it, you know, we're here to talk about you, not her, but she wouldn't do it, but yeah. whatever. I, I probably wouldn't do it either. 
Okay. All right. You don't have to sing the answer. So, all right. This is very easy. So really the game is it's a this or that. So again, no pressure, no wrong answer, unless I disagree with you. Cause you know, uh, no, no, seriously, this is your game, your answers we will accept. Okay. So, and I'm drawing on your eclectic background. So, uh, I have an eclectic background. you do. All right. And these are eclectic okay. questions. All right. This has, all right. So the first, the category for your first question is hair. All right. Just think, I just snapped okay. my fingers. All right, so lightning response, updo or beach hair? Updo. Okay, she didn't have to think about that very much. See, and I almost, and no, you because, can do both. No, because I am the updo queen. Traditionally, I, I, can, I can put your hair in a wedding style or prom. And you did. And it, and it will be still exactly the same. Three days later. That's true. I can attest to that. Yes, I'm raising my hand and because so, you did my yeah. wedding hair. Personally, my own personal hairstyle, I'm all about beach hair. I don't mm -hmm. do anything to my hair, but updo is all kinds of fabulous creativity. Okay. All right. And that that answer completely makes sense. Because when I think about you, I think the rockin' beach hair. But yes, but when it comes to your mad skills, yeah, the updo. Yeah. You're you're right. You're right. Not that yeah. you could have been wrong, yeah, but you're okay. right. Okay. All right. Next one. Again, don't think. Knitting or crocheting? Knit. Absolutely. I'm a knitter. All right. And I'm I think a it. Procrastinator. I think I knew this about you. Although you recently crocheted something, I saw it on Facebook. But um, and and you can I do you yeah you pulled that project. off. It was it was a it was a dual uh it was a dual project. I knit the majority of it and then I crocheted the pieces together. Okay. All right. So you got. So it's, yeah, I I'm a diehard procrastinator. Procrastinator. Um, She's coined this term. Everyone. That I will procrastinate anything I'm supposed to be doing by knitting instead. Ah, I like that. I like. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it sounds crafty. I, it sounds Pinteresty. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm busy and creative in my procrastination. You know, I think you're onto something. All right. Yeah. Okay. I didn't make that up. I saw it at the Rand or something. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going. I'm going to credit yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm crediting it to you because you're the first person no, I've heard say it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. You can tell how how often I don't go to Joanne Fabric still. So. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I have an I have a knitting addiction. Okay. Knitting and knit addiction. That's another term. Knit addiction. Procrastinate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Moving right along, we're still in the artsy okay. crafty thing. So this is the world of ceramics, because I know that's part of your world as well. Uh, yeah. Pottery okay. wheel or pinch pots? Oh, pottery wheel. I yes. love that spinning ball of goo. I know you do. Although you made me a lovely pinch pot, which is why I had to ask. Do you have one of my, do you have one of my pinch pots? I do, yes. I see it every day. So exciting. Yeah. But yes, the pottery wheel I can see. Yeah, it's you know, it's pottery the wheel, yeah. Uh, the whole biblical symbolism. Yeah, I get it. Oh, I get yeah. it. We're the pot we're the clay, exactly. we're the pottery. It's the, it's the most amazing analogy ever. When you when you have done ceramics and you you're surrounding that wheel and your hands are in that clay, you get that imagery in a in a really it's so beautiful. I believe you. It makes me want to go out right now, but I think we should finish this interview first. So, okay. okay let's do that. 
All right, just a couple more. A couple more. We'll go real quick. Um, Lord of the Rings or Narnia? I already know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Of course, yeah, yeah. of course. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite version of Lord of the Rings is, you know, that five-second one. So look it up on YouTube. It's hysterical. Have you ever, have you seen the films yet? Oh, you know I have. I think I saw them with you. I did, I did. Okay, I know you feel strongly about them. Yeah, director's cut. Right. Yeah, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Every time I get the flu, like when you know, okay, you get the flu, you know you're gonna be in bed for a couple of days. It's a Lord of the Rings marathon, maybe. Mm -hmm. Even the the scenes and the extra stuff and the bonus features. Like, if I have the yeah. flu, I'm it's the Lord of the Rings. I know, I know. There are others like you. You and John Eldridge. Yeah. Maybe 30 times. I've probably seen him 20 or 30 times. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like I said, yeah. no wrong answers. Right. You own it. Own okay. that love okay. of Lord of the Rings. Okay. 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 Real quick. Spa day okay. or a hike in the mountains? Oh, don't make me choose. I am going to make you choose. No, you have to. I can't choose. There's no way I could possibly choose. How about a spa yeah. day in the mountains at the top of the hike? How about that? You know, I've done that, and it is amazing. Okay, so there you go. Best of both worlds. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, amazing. And I actually, it was in Switzerland. I took the gondola down the mountain, and it was terrifying. <sighs> but what and a good way to be like, terrified. Totally... You know, if no, you've got to be terrified, do it in Switzerland no. on a gondola. <laughs> it's the angle and the height and the... You're in clothes and glass, like, no, no, no. It, and it, it took away everything that the, that the spa day had done. Oh, see, that's why you needed to do that first and then the spa day. So next time, reverse the order. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's your assignment. And then, um, okay, and while you're pondering that, so, all right, I have one more very difficult question because you are... Um, you're based in Italy at this point in your life, so we're going to talk about that. Um, but my friend is, if you had to choose one Italian meal for the rest of your life, only one meal, what is it? Uh, caprese. Okay, that wasn't hard. I thought you would angst no, over that. No, 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 caprese. It's um, tomatoes, mm -hmm. mozzarella, cheese. Basil. Basil. See, I know. In a fine olive oil with mm -hmm. a splash of balsamic. balsamic. Yes. How do I know this? A little salt. Oh, I could live on that. If I had a piece of bread with it, even better. But I could live on that the rest of my life because it's all like it's your like everything that you need for life. It's it's protein. It's it is. It is all the food groups. You're right. Yeah, tomatoes are technically a fruit. That's okay. We won't hold that against them. whatever basil. It's just. And when you have a tomato that's grown in Italy in your neighbor's garden. All right, don't rub it in. Mozzarella, mozzarella that your friend's cow gave the milk. Like it's, uh, yeah, well, we have the Olive Garden, so whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've graduated up to Bravo Italian Kitchen. Thank you very much. I'm giving them free publicity. Oh, man. But, yeah. I don't know if we can. Yeah, well, you know, this we do what we can on this side of the pond is what I'm saying to you. So
Well, thank you very much. You have done extremely well in this stupid game, and I'm going to tell you exactly Woo. the same thing. I tell each and every one of my guests as soon as the Isle of Misfit t-shirts roll off the press. Oh, there's one with your name on it. So you just you just yeah. wait, my friend. One fine day, it's going to show up. Literally has my name on it. Oh, you know, I'll I'll write it on. I'll just <laughs> I will, I'll or maybe I'll get crafty and embroider it or something. So, Yay. okay, all right, yeah, challenge accepted. So, all right, well, yeah. thank you for that. Now it's time to hear. I want to hear your story. I mean, I know your story, but I'm going to ask you your story because a lot of the people listening don't know your story. So, tell us. Tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you mentioned in the um, intro, your lovely, amazing, beautiful intro, um, I'm a hair and makeup artist by trade. That was my passion. I went to beauty school when I was still in high school. Um, I've been licensed in four or five states. Um, have a ridiculous amount of education in that, like I studied hair color on a molecular level, like what is the chemical reaction that happens on a molecular level when you add color to hair? All right, that's some um, freaky science I, right there. Because I'm a nerd like that, I'm curious. And that's been a theme through my whole life, is just curiosity. I want to know the deep stuff. Um, and so, yeah, hair and makeup, I did that for, you know, way longer than I want to admit on national radio podcast. National radio. Um, it's going to be national radio one of these days. Man. So I love that you said that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I love the creativity of that. I love helping people see their beauty and, and um, because when you understand your beauty and your worth, you make different decisions in your life. Hmm. Um, when you question your worth, you, you make bad decisions. I mean, not all bad decisions, but you make different decisions than you do if you understand your beauty and your worth. And so, yeah, I love that whole world. Um, but God had other things in mind. And so I think it was 2004, I got a call from a dear friend, um, spiritual mentor, who said, I'm leading a team to Prague, and I think you should go. And I'm like, like what could a hair and makeup artist possibly do on a mission field? Um, but she challenged me to pray about that, and so I did, and got to go. And I went the whole time thinking, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the dead weight on this team. Like, there's nothing I could possibly do. And God showed me really clearly in, in such a beautiful way. He said, I know what I've gifted you with, and I can use anything. You just have to be willing to go. Mm -hmm. Just be willing to say yes, and I will use anything. And so what did I do in Prague on that very first mission trip ever? Let me guess. Hmm. Imagine hair that. So you're telling me people in Absolutely. Europe need their hair and makeup done? Come on. That's crazy talk. They do. And it can be an open door conversation. And it can be, um, yeah, bringing people into a church that they didn't even know existed. Um, 
hearing about Jesus and they didn't know they came for a haircut and they're hearing about Jesus. Like it was really profound to me. And and maybe that sounds silly. Like of course God can use anything. Like really hair and makeup? Um yeah, so I came home from that really changed, uh, obviously, and going, okay, okay, Jesus, you have gifted me with this ability, so do something with it. And he laid a spa on my lap. And so I own a spa. And people always think, wow, I'd love to own a spa. Nope, just don't wish that. I went um, to that spa. It was a lovely spa. It was a lovely spa. It was peaceful. It was relaxing. Everyone who came in was so in love with it. But to own it, it's actually really very stressful. And you never have time to actually lay down and have a massage. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. The irony. And it's, yeah, one of the most stressful things I've ever done. Not the most stressful, but one, it's up there on the list. Um, and so I did that as ministry, you know, like how can I help people heal and get rid of their stress? And um, God taught me a lot about stress through that, not only in techniques and ways to help you get over stress, help you deal with stress, but also in my own stress. Um, and, you know, how much I work in that and how, yeah, anyway. So a day came, and God closed the door, and I said, okay, what now? And he said, I want you to go into full-time ministry. And I went to Italy and running a conference and mission training center in the Italian Alps. And, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a, it's been a wild and bumpy and amazing ride. So, okay, this is an interesting segue then because, all right, so you're talking about discovering or, you know, just really coming to, uh, to accept that, all right, I've got these gifts. God wants to use them even, even in ways I haven't imagined. And next thing you know, you're a spot owner. So that's interesting because the very thing that represents relaxation, self-care, uh, you know, de-stressing was something that was very stressful for you. And then from there, now you're in Europe, back in Europe, but this time not as a short-term, but as a, a, a long-term missionary, helping other people to relax and feel cared for. And yet, what's going on with you this whole time? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. How's that for a leading question? Oh, Miss Nancy. Yeah, Jesus was working on me. Um, as he as he does, you know, when he uses us for something to 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 do something for the kingdom, he is also using us specifically because he's doing something in us. Mm, isn't that the and way of it? For me, do you want to say the word? Oh no, I'll let you. Oh, it's a big heavy word. Um, I come from a long line of workaholics. Really? And, yeah, doing hair and makeup, you, you don't always make as much money as you would like, and so you do more and more and more. And I loved what I did, and I'm not married. I don't have kids, so why not just keep working? 
you know, what else am I going to do? I'll be bored if I just go home. So I'm not going to keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my, my dad is a workaholic. My grandparents were farmers. They're, that's innately workaholics. Um, the, my grandparents on my other side were, yeah, when my grandfather on my mom's side ran out of projects, that's when he passed away. Like, he, he, he everything in him was about what he did. Um, and so I, I come from both sides of the family of workaholism. Um, and, and, and then you own a spa and you go, okay, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, there's never enough money to go around. And so, like, it, it comes naturally. Like, you don't wake up one morning and go, I think I'm going to become a workaholic. The same as you don't wake up one morning and say you're going to be an alcoholic. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't a goal. Um, it, it happens organically and it happens gradually. And you go, well, but I have this and it needs to be done. And so I'm just going to do it. And who else can do it? No one else can do it. So I've got to do it. No one else is here to do it. Right. Is often, is often um, how, how it comes about. Right. And that's not, yeah, that's not necessarily an indictment like that. The the sneaky thing about that is that there's there's truth often in that. I think sometimes we can use that as an excuse, but the reality is sometimes, no, it is. If I don't do it, nobody will get it done. So there's that pressure of feeling that it's got to be me. Uh, This is what I have in front of me and it has to be done and I'm going to push through and do it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you you own a business. No one else is going to clean the bathrooms until you pay them to clean the bathrooms. And if you don't have the money to pay somebody to clean the bathrooms because you've just started this business, you clean the bathrooms. And when, you know, you the laundry needs to be done and the floor needs to be swept and the bookkeeping needs to be done and the hiring and the firing and the, and the management and the pick the music for the spa, you know, like, what what kind of like atmosphere are you going to create? Like the the choose the linens and then keep them clean and and what kind of services and let's build a menu. Like all of those things have to be done. And right. in the beginning, when you're starting a business, you first a new business owner, you don't have the money to pay anybody to do this thing, so you end up doing them yourself. And then it gets into a rhythm, but it's a not it's not a sustainable rhythm. So then you're exhausted and you're tired, but the things still need to be done, and so you just push through and do them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then what happens? Yeah, then it doesn't get pretty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that everything goes back to creation. Mm-hmm. Like everything in this world goes back to the creation account. Um, in the very beginning, God created man. There was already the earth. Um, there was already the universe. You know, it's it's a progression in in creation story. First, there was nothing, and then God spoke, and then there was light, and there's dark, and then there's the heavens, and then there's the earth, and then there's land, and there's water, and there's animals, and then there's Adam. So it progresses, right? But when Adam is created, there was already, like, Satan had already been thrown out of heaven, and he was already thrown to the earth. 
So there's a bit of chaos already going on in Earth. In that um, things are being created, and it's you know there's new there's new creatures, there's progression, and there's all of this stuff. So so God creates Adam, and then he builds a garden of beauty and order, um, and he puts Adam into that garden, and he says, take care of it and increase it. You know, we take the, you know, be fruitful and multiply thing as, you know, let's, let's have kids. It's more than that. It's mm. take what God has given you, whatever that is, and make it bigger. Mm. Expand. Mm. We're, we're, we're designed to expand the kingdom of God, wherever we are. And so he puts Adam in the garden and he says, take care of it, make it bigger, take this beauty and order into the chaos in the world around you and make the chaos beautiful. Isn't that great? And he didn't make us start from scratch. He gave us. He gave us the raw materials to work with. The yeah. raw materials to work yeah. with, right? But then, then you get to the commandment. Mm -hmm. The commandment is Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Keep the Sabbath holy. We're not commanded to work. We're going to work. We're commanded to rest. And we forget in our North American culture, in our Western culture, um, that it's a commandment. We're, we're, it, and it's not a commandment of you must do this or else. It's for a benefit. The things that God commands us to do are not punishment. They're actually life. And if we ignore the commandment, we're, we're not going to make it long. And if we keep the commandments, that's where we find abundant life. And that has been the journey for me in learning this because it's been a hard journey. Mm -hmm. It's been a really hard journey because I want to work more. And then when you put ministry in that, you go, okay, you're a missionary now, and God's called me yeah. to do this. Right, so it's sanctified. It's sanctified workaholism. So there you go. I really thought so. Yeah. And, and really, there wasn't anybody else. The thought process was, okay, God's called me to do this. And it has to be done, and it's vitally important. And no one else is here. He hasn't called anyone else to come and help me do it, because that's the thing at the garden that I, you know you keep going back to is, you know, this task in the Garden of Eden was too big for Adam, and God said it's not good for me to be alone. I'm going to make him a, a helper. I'm going to make him someone to come alongside and help him. And being a single woman, I thought. Well, I'm alone, so God's going to make me stronger, and I'm going to just do it. And and that's not the key either. The key is to find the helpers, because God mm -hmm. always puts helpers along the way mm -hmm. to find who they are, and 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 work with them rather than I can do this all on my own. I can do this all on my own. I can do this all on my own. Yes, you can for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not sustainable and it's not healthy. And eventually you, you'll get to a point you can't do that alone anymore. Right, right. Yes. Okay. So I want to read to you a little snippet. I found this in an article um, called Workaholism and the Myth 
of hard work, um, Psychology Today. Okay, so here's the snippet. Okay. In, right. ja in Japan, workaholism is called karoshi, which means death by overwork, and is estimated to okay. cause 1,000 deaths per year, and nearly 5% of that country's stroke and heart attack uh, rate deaths in employees under age 60. In the Netherlands, it's resulted in a new condition known as leisure illness, estimated to affect 3% of its entire population. According to one study, workers actually get physically sick on weekends and vacations as they stop working and try in vain harder to relax. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? That's a, that's a resounding... That ain't no lie. They ain't joking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is, yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. And my life shows that, you know. Um, when I first went to Italy to do full-time mission work, um, yeah, there isn't anybody else to do it. And, you, and it needs to be done. And it's important. And I'm working for Jesus. And I need to work harder. And it turns into 100 to 115 hours a week. Like, I would go to bed at 1 or 2 in the morning and wake up at 4.30 or 5 um, to serve breakfast to someone else. Like, you you just do it. And, and you can do that for a while. Um, but eventually, you can't, you can't do that anymore. And so for me personally, when I've got to that wall, um, yeah, my body shut down, and I was sick for a year. I was sick for a whole year. Um, yeah, not fun. Not fun at all. Don't do this. Yeah, don't try this at home. And yet so many of don't us, yeah, we don't know how to live vicariously. So we, so many of us do have to find out these things for ourselves because this, this whole workaholism thing, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty rampant. I think, um, you know, the stats bear out that it's, uh, worse in America than in other nations. And, uh, you know, not having traveled as much of the world as you, I can't bear that out um, that I, you know, personally, but uh, but yeah. that makes sense to me. Well, we here in America especially put our worth on our tasks. Yes. Our yes, we do. You know, what is the standard answer today when you ask, how are you? I'm busy. I'm so busy. Right. And why? don't, yeah. Why do we, why do we say that? Because somehow we're more important because we're busy. Ooh, I love that. Okay. I love it. Yes. Finding our worth in that. Exactly. Exactly. Because you, you just said it. In fact, I, I would contend that for us in the church, especially, but it's true no matter where you go, but it's an important question the root of our workaholism, you know, we think, oh, you know, I'm the only one, blah, blah, blah. But I think the root is a question. It's, it's really a why crisis. That is, why are we doing? What are we doing? And the answer to that question, I think, tells us a lot about where we're deriving our, our worth and our identity. Yeah, exactly. It's identity. What was really profound to me when I first moved to Italy um, so many years ago was the difference in greeting. In the Western culture, in America especially, when you meet someone new, you go, hi, what's your name? What do you do? Mm -hmm. In Italy, they don't do that. They want to know, hi, what's your name? 
Who are you? Who are you? What are your passions? What is your family like? What are your relationships? They don't care what you do. They want to know who you are. Can you even imagine this as an American being asked that question? It was a profound um, lightning bolt to me of, wow, our whole identity is wrapped around tasks instead of being wrapped around relationships. And that's not what God has in mind. That's not what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God is all relationships. Not saying what you do doesn't matter. It does. But what's important are the relationships, not the tasks. Right. What's important is, like you said, is, you know, what you do, it, it is important, but why you're doing it, I would, I, again, I would contend is even more important because that, that speaks to the motivation. Um, and it speaks to, okay, am I doing this because it makes me feel uh, legit, justified, I'm earning my way, I'm, you know, I, what, whatever, that badge of honor, like, you know, you had referred to that when we say, oh, I'm so busy, we do, we wear that as a badge of honor, and yet when we have, uh, when we have it in our minds, when we have the mind of Christ, I guess I'll put it that way, he flips all of that, and, and the why becomes so much more important than the what. So, um, and this leads me to, I, I want to talk about this whole um, there's there's a term I, I heard in a book recently I read called the Ministry of Interruptions, and um, let's talk about the last six months of your life because I think I think there's there's something to all that in this conversation. Yeah, you you said this term to me, yeah, um, Ministry of Interruptions, and I went, oh yeah, that's what this is. Um, such a it just resounds so deeply in my soul. Um, because as a like, full-time missionary, you go, okay, I have this task. Um, and it is relational. And I am learning as much as I'm doing. And, I'm, and, and, and it's, such, it's such a journey, right? And then, um, you know, I, I needed a, you've got to renew visas. If you're living internationally, there's, there's bureaucracy and people work involved and there's an order how those things happen. And, and to apply for the visa, renew a visa, you have to come out of your country and go back to your home country and apply there. Um, and so I came out um, in August thinking I'll be here for a few weeks and do some paperwork and go right back. Um, and that's not what happened. I've been here six months. Um, but it was Hurricane Irma. Um, my parents are... Um, getting up there in age a little bit and so things are a little harder to evacuate it's not fun and it was Hurricane Irma I mean this is the biggest storm in history to this point and I've been through some big hurricanes but you know okay what, what's going to happen here and so then we need to find them a different house you know like they they need to not evacuate again. They need to be in a place that's on higher ground and there isn't going to flood and, you know, all of those things. And, and then there was more paperwork involved and there's this and there's that and there's something else. And you go, okay, now it's been six months. But I didn't plan to be here six months. And yet, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, serving my parents, 
serving my family, um, and the ministry part of it that is still waiting in Italy, it's not the timing for that. And and to be present where you are with the relationships around you in that moment is what you're supposed to be doing. And so this oh, that was a mouthful. Ministry, ministry of interruptions is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Um, I, I love the term so much because so much of the time we go, okay, but I'm supposed to be doing that, and this, we're not fully present where we are we're, because we're looking at, you know, where we've been or where we're going or, you know, we're in this in-between, and yet this is the ministry. Right. 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 Because this is, as you said, less important than where you've been. It's not less important than where you're going. It's it's as important as anything else. Where you are in the moment. Yes. Yes. Romans right tells us to make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. And that's exactly what you're talking about. So it was Oswald Chambers that actually I think he coined that term and um, he lived his life that way, you know, and. I think um, I think it's a good thing to consider um, as as you know we're facing our day to day because the temptation is to say well I should be doing something else I should be doing something quote important um, and and God's giving us yeah. opportunities to um, to live and move and have our being every day with yeah. what's right yeah. in front of us. So speaking of what's right well, in front David, of us, yeah. I, I I just want to take a little rabbit trail here. I say this so much with. Uh, especially friends who have little kids and moms, you, you you get in this thing where you think I should be, you know, I've given up my career or I should be doing this or I should be doing that. No, the ministry of interruption of your child in front of you is the most important thing that God could ever call you to do. And don't ever feel guilty about that. Moms out there, do not feel guilty about mothering your child and enjoying this time because this is your ministry of interruption. This is what's important in this moment and nothing else could be as important as that. Amen, sister. And I know there are some uh, moms of young children and maybe not so young children listening. So thank you because I, you know, we can all use that encouragement. So um, going forward. Okay. All right, I want to, because um, we could just, you, we could talk all day long, but I know you have you have things to do. Um, so, so, but one of the things I want to do is talk about what's what's next for you. You you have this vision, and I want to make sure that you articulate this vision with, so you wrap up all this that we've been talking about. Where are you, where are you going with this? Yeah, Villa Sarajevo. Um, that sounds Italian. Uh, it is Italian, um, and using the unique gifts of Italy. Um, yeah, Villa Sarajevo. The word, okay, Villa, we know it's a big house. Um, a villa is where, you know, like royalty live, where the wealthy live, where those who have abundance. A villa, it's not a house, it's not an apartment, it's a villa. Um, Sarajevo, the word means release, but like shalom means more than peace, it's a deep relief. When you say the word Sarajevo, 
belly and they go, oh, yeah, I want that. Um, so, yeah, how to release. Mm. Um, because I have been in ministry and I have burned out in ministry and I've been wounded in the process of ministry because it happens, because we're human and, and humans are messy. Um, I, I have seen others just struggling the same ways that I've struggled in workaholism for Jesus and pushing yourself too far and not having boundaries and not having rhythms to life um, and, and going too far um, and pushing yourself too far to the point of burnout. Um, missionary attrition, that's a big word that means how many missionaries leave the field, right. give up, and, and don't come back, home, right? And don't come back. Um, it's a staggering number, Nancy, you know, the number of how many missionaries leave the field every year. You know, I don't know the number, but I was just reading something that says over uh, over the past twenty years that that number is increasing. Um, for yeah, for pre missionaries leaving for preventable reasons is increasing. For preventable reasons is increasing. The number is hovering around eight thousand. Mm -hmm. So worldwide, eight thousand missionaries every year give up because they're fried, they're burned out, they're tired. There's a soul weariness because they haven't operated out of a Sabbath heart. And by that I mean working from a place of rest, not working towards rest. Um, and learning what that means to work with rhythms in your life. You can be super busy and get loads done as long as you have the parameters that you're not going to work too far, you're not going to push too many days in a row without having time off to rest and refill. Because it's not just about stopping. And this is why it's hard for people when they go on vacation or they, you know, every, you have a Saturday headache. You know, you work and work and work all the time, and on Saturday you have a headache every Saturday because you're just laying around. Like, you go from full on to full stop. That doesn't work either. Um, you, you, there has to be some way to refill, so there's got to be fireball. And this is the beauty of God in that he, he designed us not just to work, but also to have fun. And so the, the dream and the vision of, of this ministry, Villa Solievo, is coming alongside others in ministry and helping them find um, rhythms and find boundaries so that they can continue long term and not burn out. And if they've already burned out, help them recover from that in a way that they're not giving up completely and leaving the field. Because too many people are leaving. And it takes long term relationships in order to make a real difference um, in the kingdom. Um, so, yeah, Villa Soliego is a yeah. place for people to come away from their daily stress, rest, refill, and go back out stronger and better. Right. So it's, it's along the lines of um, soldiers. You know, we, we see this so much, you know, onward, Christian soldiers. Mm -hmm. it's, we, we use that analogy 
because it's the truth. You know, we are at war, and we war not against flesh and blood, um, but against principalities and against evil. Um, and but real life soldiers, um, they don't just go out on the front line and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And fight. You go out and you fight. And then you come back off the front line for some R&R, and you refill, and you have a good meal, and you sleep, and then you have some training and new weaponry. And then when you go back out to the front, you fight better. You fight stronger. You fight more intelligently, because now you have new tools and new weapons, and you're rested. Boy, that is a great analogy. Yeah. You can accomplish more. You can push the line further. And so soldiers at war, you're, you're never going to get, you're never going to push through the enemy line unless you are well-rested, well-fed with the proper weapons. Right. That, that's, and it's yeah. the same in ministry. It's the same in life. Right. You know, this isn't just about missionaries and pastors. It's about all of us. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, wow, that, that really is a great analogy. And, you know, it's, and if I'm understanding you correctly, it's more than just, all right, come, you know, we'll give you a massage and a haircut and a nice meal and send you out. No, you're, you're talking about giving, equipping and, and giving tools and resources to go out so, so that exactly. you're not setting yourself up for exhaustion exactly. and burnout. It's, so, it's yeah. Teaching yeah. Rhythm. It's teaching Sabbath rest. It's, it's, but it's also How to live that way. What, what, like, we, we forget when we're workaholics what brings us joy and refills us. Like, what is it that you do or that you used to do? Like, when you were a little kid, what did you dream of doing? Like, what's the most thing, the most fun thing that you, that you can do? That when you do it, you just are ridiculously happy. Why aren't you doing that? Why indeed? Why indeed? We think we think because we're we're we become adults that we should like we have responsibilities and right and yeah right or yeah we're too old or it's too late or that's a whole other boy we could have like a whole other podcast just about that subject. Well, and I yeah. All right, Villa Villa. Yeah, let me let me try to say that one more time. Villa Soyevo. I say did I say that correctly? Sol Villa Soyevo. Soyevo. Villa Soyevo. So I'm I'm very excited about this, and I I have a feeling there are other people that are excited about this too. So if someone wants to find out more about this, or even even somehow partner with you, or just connect with you, how can they do this? They can do this through uh, the website. Or by email. I would love to have people email me. The, web, the email address is Villa Solievo at slipmail.org. Okay, can you so spell that? V I L L A, Villa Solievo, S O L L I E V O, at slipmail.org. Okay, and I'll write that out on the teaser for the, for the um, podcast as well. But, um, yeah, yes. Um, and the, the website, if you want more information or you want to see what we do or where we do it, it's um, com. Okay, villasolievo at wordpress.com. My friend, 
thank you for sharing your story, for sharing your vision. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm excited for you. And one fine day, I'm going to make it over there, yonder, to Italy and have, and have some of that caprese. All right, let's do it. I will, I will, I will serve you some Italian food. Do it. Really All right, I'll bring you a t-shirt. How about that? That'll be our exchange. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, take care and God bless. Many thanks to my dear friend, Is Holiday, or as we like to call her around here, Isabella Italia, for joining us today. And if you are intrigued by her vision to provide sollievo, that is, deep restorative relief, to those on the mission field who so desperately need it, you can find out more and get in touch with her at Villa Sollievo, that's V-I-L-L-A-S-O-L-L-I-E-V-O dot wordpress dot com. And of course, you can share this podcast with a workaholic friend or two. Just don't tell them I call them a workaholic. And don't forget to visit me at isleofmisfits.com for podcasts with all kinds of fascinating folks, blog posts, and more. In fact, stay tuned for some exciting announcements about where we'll be going as a growing community of square pegs. I can't wait to share more with you. So until then, own your awkward love your fellow misfit, and look for beauty and truth everywhere. <laughs>